1: In the gym. nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG saw the whole court, now he plays the sideline to observe a report. Bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget, because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget, because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget, because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off The Glass Podcast, bringing you a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. I'm your host, Z. Thanks for joining me today, and on today, we're going to be recapping Uh, preseason preseason on the way basketball is officially back i'm excited you should be excited as well also i'm gonna talk about the gm survey which was released earlier this week and just kind of just go over a couple things and also we got to talk briefly about the jimmy butler signing uh, saga excuse me and minnesota and where we are with that but first off as i stated welcome back basketball fans basketball nba is back in full swing the preseason is underway A lot of takeaways. We could talk about a lot of different teams. Of course, the Lakers is tops on the list with how everybody's going to see how LeBron was going to join in jail with that team that they put together. Early on, if you've been watching it's clear to notice and obvious that they've been playing fast. You know, they've been pushing the tempo really quickly, pushing on makes as well as misses and. For me, it's going to be interesting to see if this is something that is going to be sustainable because LeBron has never played fast in his life. He doesn't like to play fast. So it's interesting to see that they're trying to push the tempo to try to gain advantage because one of the big knocks on the way this team was to put it together was what kind of lineups are going to run out. You know, they don't have a center at all. They've been trying to play Kuzma at center a little bit, which has been laughable on defense. And... You know, bottom line, LeBron is gonna to have to end up playing center. And, you know, he doesn't have a history of wanting to play center. So, um, their lineups is gonna be shaky. They veterans. McGee has looked really good. But it's not that you can't count on McGee. It's just that McGee historically just doesn't play a lot of minutes. He just doesn't. That's not his thing. He can give you some good, solid minutes and good spurts, but he's never been somebody that's Average more than 15, 16 minutes a game. So, the thing now, all of a sudden, he's going to average, you know, high 20s, maybe 30 at the most minutes a game. And that's going to be productive. Mm, that's going to be kind of interesting to see. Um, they did try Michael Beasley at that kind of center's position. But for them to get that best lineup on the court, LeBron's going to have to play center with Kuzma, Ingram. Um, depending on who's playing well, you're either going to go with KTP or uh Josh Hart is the one that gets forgot about all the time. And then a the combination, either that him or even Rondo and Ball on the court at the same time. So w- w- Luke is going to have his his hands full on how they decide to manage those minutes and what's the closing line going to be. And can he get LeBron to buy into playing at the, uh, the five spot, at least on defense? Because we know on offense, he's going to play point. That's why the whole Rajon Rondo, Alonzo Ball thing, in a lot of ways, is A lot to do about nothing because LeBron has always been somebody historically who handles the ball at the end of games, and neither one of them um, are are great shooters. Ball is still – he tweaked his shot. It looks a lot better, but he still has it coming across his body a little bit. Rondo, even though he did shoot the ball well last year for New Orleans, and I know you don't want to pass up the opportunity to play with LeBron, but if I was Rondo, I would have stayed in New Orleans, man. They had a really – Really nice team. You could tell they had some really good chemistry. And I liked the lineup of him uh, Anthony Davis, Nicole uh, Miritich, and Drew Holiday. It was just a really formidable team, a really solid team. And I thought if they would have stayed together, they could have taken no- another step forward because they would have had a training camp. They would have had that time after Davis, um, not Davis, excuse me, Cousins got hurt to continue gelling. But um, we're here. He's in LA. It's going to be interesting to see how they close the game. Is he going to be comfortable with not having the ball? You know, you always have to deal with the Alonzo ball factor when it comes to his dad. What input is he going to have um, when it comes to his son's minutes? It's just it's, it's fascinating, you know, but I still, you know, pick the Lakers to make the playoffs. I think they finish in that that, that bottom four range, five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Um LeBron is just that good. So I think I really believe on, you know, all the preview shows I've done so far that he he does raise the bar that high and gets some to the 40 games. Ingram looks good early on. Um, not too strong still on defense, but I like the way he's attacking the basket. They're going to be able to use him at points. Um, he's been shooting the ball well, so they got to still jail. Um, I think ultimately was going to come down to is a combination of getting those young um, guys, uh, reps, and really getting them comfortable playing, and because the younger players are obviously they better players. Lance has been Lance in preseason. He hasn't played bad. I mean, doing a lot of his you know funny antics, passing the ball, but he's he's played well. He hasn't hurt them um, too much at all. But to me, the one who gets lost in this, they talk about Kuzma, Ingram, and even Ball is Hart. And I think if Hart gets more minutes as the season goes on, I think it will benefit the Lakers greatly. Another team I saw a lot of, I um, saw Denver play really high on Denver this year. Gary Harris hasn't played yet. He's nursing an injury. They still haven't had Isaiah Thomas come back, which can really be that explosive scorer coming off the bench in that wild card. And I, I really hope he embraces that role. It'll do well for not only the team, but it'll do well for himself and his brand if he just goes ahead and embraces that strong six-man role because I really like the lineup. Um, interesting enough, they the GM surveys had picked um, – Jamal Murray, as the t- as the player who's poised to really have a um, a breakout season, he he led the percentage at twenty percent of the vote. Ingram was second at ten percent. Tatum was on there. Aaron Gordon, Orlando, Kyle Kuzma, Kawhi Leonard. I guess because of all the drama, he'll have to have a he should have a breakout year. I guess that makes sense. I wouldn't even put Tatum really on this list because even though he's just a rookie, he already had his breakout year with them making the playoffs and doing well against. Um, LeBron and pushing them to seven games. But the Jamal Murray one was a kind of an interesting pick. Not that I don't agree, but I didn't even know he was on people's radar like that. Um, I do think he's poised to have a breakout season. He looked good in the limited action. I saw him play the other night with the Nuggets. And I'm really high on this team. Millsap is going to be back for a full season. Jokic looked looked really good. And once he continues to work himself into shape, I think Denver, Denver is going to be very formidable this year along with uh, Utah and perfect segue transitioning to Utah, Rudy Gobert. Um, it was interesting because he was not voted at all on the best center list. He, I mean, he didn't even get votes, which I don't understand general managers. And I always say, hey, they make the big bucks. They probably know more basketball than me. They probably didn't forgotten more basketball than I even know. But I just find it interesting that. You have Davis on here as the best power forward and center. So couldn't quite pick a position with that. Followed by Joel M B and Carl Towns at seven percent. But to, to give other votes to like Giannis, Cousins, I get, you know, once he gets healthy, Drummond, Gasol, Marcus Hall, Al Horford, and Jokic. Um I thought it was I thought it was fascinating. I mean, even Towns, and we'll get to Towns in a second, because he dropped out of a lot of lists, but to even last year, he was 28%, and he dropped all the way to seven, but for them not to vote Gobert the best center or at least top two, uh, it's ridiculous. He's by far the best defensive player, not by far, but he is the best defensive player in the league. Uh, he won the award last year after only playing 56 minutes, I mean, 56 games, and you know, For him not to be on the center list and only get 37% of the vote with Kawhi Leonard, who didn't even play last year, I don't know what they're looking at. But he is definitely the, the anchor. And I'm actually working on a piece right now um, involving him and Draymond Green and their value to not only their teams, but the league and how um, players should be vote, viewed and how he's an example of when advanced stats really do matter and his at-the-rim the teams that play against the, the Jazz, they're at the rim shooting percentage is increasingly low and in how much better they are on the court when he plays, not only on defense, but just in general. Because even though he's dunking the ball, it's something to be said for a big guy who can roll to the basket, catch the ball, and still finish. So the fact that he's shooting almost 65, 66% from the field, he's a better finisher around the rim than he gives credit for. So to see that he didn't even make the list, I thought that was fascinating. Um, transitioning over to minnesota they've been starting derrick rose at the two in absence of jimmy butler still don't know if that saga is going to play out um it's been a lot of rumors and speculation that minnesota's asking price has been too high it's come out recently that fibro is trying to talk butler into coming into practice and actually playing the season because he's trying to protect his job and to me what they should have did from the get-go and this is why I don't understand ownership. If you're gonna own a team, you gotta take everything that comes along with owning a team. Now they may say that's easy for you to say because you're not the one with the money. You're not making, you know, signing the checks. But if you, as an owner, come out and you have a a veteran, a player, not an owner. Excuse me. Let me say this differently. If you have a player that comes out and wants to be traded and demands a trade, and the owner's willing to back that trade, but then your general manager and your president of basketball operations in this case coach fibro is basically not trying to trade them they're not fielding phone calls the owners giving other owners his number like will call me then to me if i'm the owner of something and my employees not doing what what i'm telling him to do he needs to get fired and if that means i gotta eat the rest of fibro's salary then i'm gonna eat the rest of that salary because that's what bosses do but to sit here and have this fiasco play out the way it's playing out it makes absolutely no sense so miami put a good offer on the table. Couldn't quite confirm from the reports I was reading on what players was involved. I know the whole time Minnesota wanted a, a player that can play right away. They wanted a decent draft pick and they wanted a young prospect back. And they also wanted you to take the Gorgie Gang, Jang um, contract, which is, I, I want to say like 42, 44 million over the next three years. So they were, definitely had a high price tag, which they should. I mean, For all that's been said about Jimmy Butler, he is one of the top 15 players in the league. He was voted third-team All-NBA. And even though, in my opinion, he's not the best player on the championship team, depending on who you're playing with, he could be like 1B, he's definitely the second best player. And like I said, he is one of the top 15 players in the league, so you don't wanna just give him up for anything. But at the same time, this whole situation has been a disaster. They knew it was brewing, they knew it was coming. And, you know, it was a lot made about him and his teammates, but a lot of it comes down to him trying to uh, secure that money because he'll be turning 30 this year. You know, Jimmy's always been about securing that bag, and it's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying he's always made good decisions, good business moves, and it was, a lot of it was based on on, um, on, on uh, holding that bag. So, you know, I don't know how this is going to play out. Wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy walks in. And, and practices, and they do what they need to do. But ultimately, to me, Fibido should have been fired. The GM should have been fired, and we could have been moved on off of this situation, at least had some type of resolution for it. But for Minnesota, I think they was going to get a, a huge haul for him, too. On the flip side, this late in the game with training camp, getting ready to start, people trying to get their rosters together, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. I mean, no team was going to necessarily give up everything Just to get Jimmy Butlin, and there was no guarantee that he was going to resign anyway. So now the Clippers have been floated out again, but the, you know, rightfully so, the Timberwolves want Tobias Harris. I don't know if the Clippers are willing to just part with Tobias Harris like that. So, going to see how this side um, plays out. But back to uh, Towns, who signed the Big Fire extension. So he's locked up long term. So I was reading somewhere. And um, see if I could pull it up in my notes because I believe I saved this on how Minnesota and OKC they have the they have the most money locked up in the two players in the entire league. So of course OKC and um, Paul George and Westbrook, and then with Towns and Wiggins, I, it's well over three hundred million. It's not pulling up right now. I want to get the exact figures. And I thought Minnesota is for them to push their chips in the table all the way in on Towns and Wiggins is very fascinating. Boy, 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 Whew. what a difference a year makes. I mean, Wiggins last year, not Wiggins, excuse me, Towns was voted by the GMs as the number one player. You will want to start your franchise with, which I was confused with a little bit because me personally, I still would have put Davis over him and Giannis. They're both still young enough. I think Davis turns 25 this year. Giannis, I think is 24. So they're still young enough, but neither here nor there. They picked him number one, but this year he got no votes. He got no votes, zero, nunca, no votes, and even with him jump, I said, dropping out of out the, out the, the best center position at 28 percent only get 7 percent. You know, perception a lot of times is everything, whether it's reality or not. It's everything and how people perceive you, what your reputation is, what your name is, is everything. You know, that's why I value my name. I try to when I talk to young people, let them know, you know, your decisions and what people think about you in a lot of ways is important. And I'm not talking about the shadow, the shallow way of people viewing you like looks and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm talking about when we're talking about your toughness on the court, your work ethic, your commitment, your heart, all these catchphrases matter a lot. And one thing that did come out of this Jimmy Butler thing and a lot of people was echoing his sentiments was how bad does Towns want it? You know, Not saying he doesn't work on his craft and work on his game, but It's just certain levels you have to be willing to go to. And in this age of technology, social media, YouTube, you know, a lot of people don't have lives, man. (laughs) Just being real, a lot of people don't have lives. And you can pull up YouTube videos of how bad he looks on defense, him and Wiggins. And, you know, once the word starts getting out on you, you know, it becomes an interesting situation. It becomes a problem. And I'm not saying Minnesota shouldn't pay him. I mean, we got to use perspective on this. You know, that's the whole thing with my podcast is using perspective. He is a generational talent, but the amount of money I wouldn't have paid Wiggins. I'm sorry. I just wouldn't have paid Wiggins. He would have had to play that contract out and try to earn that money. I would have took my chances with him walking. Um, Huge disappointment. You know, I, I'm not high on Wiggins at all. He has all the tools, all the gifts, but reports on him says questioning his toughness, how bad he wants it, you know, and – really being in it for the money, which, again, I have no problem with that. If you in it for the money, it's a business being for the money. But control your family. You know, don't have your your brother coming out trying to go at, you know, guys who had great careers like Steven Jackson and, you know, say all these goofball things, and you not like that. And the league knows you not like that. We saw the playoffs last year. Wiggins and Towns both folded up in the playoffs. And you let somebody like Capella who – I love Capella. He's a really good player, runs the floor well, rebounds, defensive presence, everything you want Towns to be, finishes around the rim well, catches the ball well. But talent-wise, he's not even in um, Towns' class, not even on his level. And he just let, let him completely dominate, and he folded up and withered like a flower. So, you know, it was that was things that stuck out. I mean, it's been in the news everywhere about how the different general manage, uh view Towns, and it's not surprising. One thing that wasn't surprising, again, they picked Golden State by 87% to win um, the title again. They got Boston winning the East, followed by Toronto. And, again, I'm just going to stay – I'm going to stick with my gut, man, because, you know, Kawhi has looked good in preseason. He's moved well. He's looked healthy, shot the ball well. He's gelling with his teammates. I'm high on that bench, you know, in the podcast I did Uh, My mother from another brother with Marcus Edwards, man, we was both talking about Toronto and a bench being good last year and I'm not so quickly to hand it over to the Celtics. You know, it is early, not trying to spark spark any controversy, but they haven't really been running a offense all the way through with their top guys. It's been a lot of let me get the ball, do my thing. And for them to. To, to really reach where they want to go and reach the success they're trying to achieve this year in the Eastern Conference and make the finals. Brad Stevens and those guys are going to have to buy in. Well, not Brad Stevens buying in. He's going to have to manage it. But those guys are going to have to buy in on the idea of really sacrificing for the good of the team and really kind of getting your stats and getting your your points in the flow on the team. And certain guys are going to have to understand that, you know, Kyrie Irvin's the best player on that team, followed by – You could argue Tatum, but I'm going to give Haywood that nod, excuse me, Tatum. So people like Jalen Brown, as talented as he is, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart. um, Heard some positive comments from from Morris about how he's happy with his role. He understands he could start for a lot of teams, but he likes this team. He likes his role. So we'd love to see them kind of get to their second and third options as the preseason goes on with that unit. Um, Kyrie Irving did come out and announce that he's staying – in Boston, I wrote a nice piece on the off the glass podcast website And you know real quick I should have did this at the intro but while we're in the middle here You know make sure to go ahead and follow me on all the social media sites instagram Twitter you can follow me on twitter at zj off the glass uh, Instagram is Zach the off the glass podcast I'm on facebook Look up the off the glass podcast page and also I'm on every listening site Apple Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio radio and of course the host site spreaker.com but yeah Kyrie announced that he's staying um which I thought was interesting I didn't really have to do that but I mean he would be a fool to lead this team and lead this organization and then immediately and I should have wrote it in the piece but I kind of hinted to it we don't know what Danny Ainge has up his sleeve and it immediately came out the next day that he's actively been talking to Anthony Davis trying to recruit Anthony Davis to Boston. And that's why I really believe, ultimately, and i said this on the podcast, that Ainge was holding on to those draft picks and Jalen Brown and those guys, instead of trading to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard, because they could not get it confirmed that Kawhi Leonard was willing to sign long-term. So he knew he wouldn't give up those picks. Now, Davis has three years left on his deal, so it's not like he's a free agent next summer. But if you could package something up, Jalen Brown, a couple picks, uh, Rozier, maybe throwing Smart, I think, to balance out the contracts and bring in Anthony Davis. I mean, that's a hell of a lineup with Davis, Horford, Haywood, Tatum, and, Ir- and Irving. I mean, you put that together, the Warriors have problems this season. I don't care if Cousins come back or not. The Warriors have problems. As high as I am, KD is one of the best players in the, in the league, one of the best players in history. Steph, Clay, best shooters. Steph is working his way up that list as one of the best players ever. Draymond, the toughness. Cousins coming back, you know, a lot to prove off the Achilles injury. But man, you put that lineup on the floor with Boston. I say it again Kyrie at the one, Tatum at the two, Haywood at the three, Horford at the four, his natural position. You put Anthony Davis at the five. Whew, man, that's tough. That's tough. So, no surprise there. Golden State picked to win it, Boston picked to come out the. Um, Come out the East. Um, try to see what else they had on here. That was interesting. Rookie of the year. You know, they kind of had the pick that I have. They got Luka Doncic as the rookie of the year, which I find fascinating. But it just shows you that certain GMs are probably on the better teams, which makes more sense. So they didn't have the higher picks. And I'm willing to bet these guys that voted for this for him as rookie of the year if they was had the number one pick they would have took him one overall you know they wouldn't have took aiden bagley i mean technically he slipped all the way to five they had to trade for Trey young and if you atlanta Trey young's look good he really has he's passed the ball well he shot it okay rookie things but he's looked he looks good out there you know but i just feel like man a 19 year old already a seasoned professional Best player of the EuroLeague. And, you know, that's another thing, too. You know, I keep saying this. Let's stop acting like the EuroLeague is like some kind of high school league, man. These guys over there can play. And it's almost like how compared to, like, Division Three, which I played my last two years of college balls, Division Three. For you to have a shot at winning a Division Three championship, you got to have your best players being able to have played at the D1 level. Not necessarily Duke of North Carolina, because I'm not going to say I could have played at Duke in North Carolina, but I definitely could have played at a low major or a mid-major college with no problem. So you need those kind of players to win a, a national championship at the Division Three level. It's the same way overseas. The Americans that's coming over there are guys who would be fringe NBA guys in rare cases guys that could really play in the NBA, um, like Chicago's own. Uh, Will Bynum who got eventually a chance to play with the Pistons after playing in Israel But you need guys that can really play at the NBA level American guys and even foreign guys So this whole idea like they're playing against subpar talent To me, I still feel like that's the stigma that's out there You know, these guys don't want to take a risk and to me, you got to judge every player differently I know certain players came out and had a lot of fanfare and they got over here in the transition They really didn't do well but it was clear watching uh, Luca that he was an exceptional talent at his size, passing his elite, passing his off the charge, And he didn't shoot the ball well, but a lot of those in Europe, they run a lot of sets. So a lot of those was shot clock running down threes. Uh, but his ability to create for his teammates and create a shot with his size and his handle He's a, a better a little bit better athlete than people give him credit for. I mean, even though they was playing a team from China He had a couple blocks from the weak side. He looked I mean he looked really good and it's already to me obvious that He's gonna be the better player in this draft And that's not to say these other guys are not gonna be good because I have seen the Bulls especially being here in Chicago and Wendell Carter has really looked good and. and in his um, short stint so far with the Bulls. So he could be right there as a sleeper for the Rookie of the Year pick as well. But, you know, for them not to take Doncic at number one, I think that's going to be something that's a huge mistake. And I think Atlanta might come back and be a mistake that they bite him going all in on Trey Young. And that's no knock on Trey Young. I just feel like uh, Luka was the much better player. So we're going to pause real quick for a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to break down the new rules change. hey there are you joining the show if you're joining the show please head over to the glass podcast.com grab your t-shirt support the podcast if you um don't already do so make sure to follow me on spreaker.com apple itunes facebook instagram at zach the off the glass podcast twitter zj off the glass podcast uh enjoy the show like the show subscribe download all those good things for those who have been supporting your boy i appreciate it salute to all those fans out there now back to the show welcome back to the off the glass podcast it's your host z hope you're enjoying your your saturday here today and um we had some nba rules changes um that was voted on by the, the board of governors and it passed and One in particular has really had a huge effect on some of these games. It's really been bogging down the games, and that's the freedom of movement rule that has always been on the books, but they're making it a concerted effort to really focus on enforcing this rule. So you've been seeing a lot of stoppage of play, a lot of foul calls. I mean, in one game, I want to say it was the Houston Rockets-Grizzly game. It was like 75 fouls called, which is way too many. Um, uh, chris paul had like four fouls in like the first quarter something crazy and i know they're going to have to adjust and get used to it but i'm hoping this is not going to be an issue going on to the season because nobody wants to watch games that are bogged down games that are slow and dragging that was the whole point of eliminating things like hand checking and freedom of movement because i don't want to go back to the mid 90s where The Indiana Pacers and the New York Knicks games in the playoffs are like 80 to 72. Even like the Bulls, I saw a Utah Jazz game. I want to say it was the 97 finals, like late in the fourth quarter. It was like 76 to 72. Like, we don't want to get back to those kind of games when it's all bogged down with these foul calls. But I understand what they're trying to do. But, I mean, if we look at the pace of play, pace of play has been up. The the game has been moving fast. I don't know if there's been a lot of issues, quote-unquote, with the freedom of movement. But, again... You know, I'm not Monty McCutcheon, I'm not the the head of the referees. I'm not these refs that are, you know, reviewing the film after the game. And maybe they saw some and thought this was a point of emphasis that needed to be enforced and the game needed to be cleaned up. But so far it hasn't been off to a good start. And I know like anything in life though, you know, people have to adjust, people have to change. But it's gonna come a point in time in the season that these games starting to drag. They're gonna to have to make a decision on how they choose to really enforce this rule. Um going forward, they also decided too like on they won't reset the shot clock back to twenty four if the offensive team gets offensive rebound it's gonna go right back to fourteen, and this is something they do overseas as well, and this is kind of help also keep the pace going it's gonna add more shots, more possessions, especially late in the game um you know you're gonna get probably like four or five depending on the time in the game, two minutes left in the game you might get like six more possessions which can can make the game a little bit more exciting so it's going to be interesting to see how that rule plays out so just kind of wanted to drop by real quick today um we're almost there opening night is october 16th it's still early in preseason to all the fans out there i wouldn't take too much stock in the in the preseason because um the preseason is the preseason so you know uh we'll see as things go on hopefully guys stay healthy we don't need anybody getting hurt but we should be excited. Basketball is back. I'm excited. Can't wait for opening night. Uh, make sure again to follow me on Facebook. Go over to the Author Glass podcast page. Like it. Become a, a follower of the page. Follow me on Instagram at Zach the the Glass Podcast. Make sure to follow me over on Spreaker.com. That's the host site. But you can also find the, the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio. Make sure to subscribe, download, check it out. Um, We're going to have some different things coming um, this season. Uh, Should be having another guy that's going to be probably like a regular host. He's going to host with me. So a lot of things coming. Oh, also, too, I mentioned earlier, make sure to head over to the website, theofftheglasspodcast.com. Check out the blog, comment, interact with it. Also grab you a shirt while you're over there, got all sizes in stock. So that'll bring this episode to a close. This is your host, Z. Stay safe out there. Peace.
0: Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil, get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pox. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.